You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. In a world filled with cigars, craft beer, comics, movies, and video games, only two men are brave enough to search out all things nerdy. It's the Cigar Nerds Podcast! And welcome to the Cigar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Smokin' Joe. I'm Brad Jackson. So, uh... Remember the old Leaf by Oscar, and then what was the other one? The the Oscar, I think we smoked. Well, we got and then we also did the um. What was the other? I think that may have been the two. Well, the Island Gym is yes. also a, an Oscar cigar. So, you know, brand new from IPCPR. Uh, you know, a real pimp ass cigar. So, what are we smoking this week, Brad? Uh, this week we are smoking the Oscar Superfly. I feel like we need like a you know seventies like just you know crazy (laughs) you know uh, funk uh, beat you know or something to go on here because although I do gotta say that the purple and black label does match very well with the dark um, San Andreas wrapper, um, but I definitely feel like I need a hat and a sweet pimp cane. Yeah, it's black and purple with like the gold. uh... (laughs) <laughs> lettering and stuff. I mean, it looks very 70s pimp movie uh, <laughs> design here. And even the box, too, has got like, you know, like purple, like almost like velvety purple uh, <laughs> interior to it. I mean, as it just, should. Yeah. I mean, you're calling something super fly. It should like come with like a pimp hat. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, uh, stated this has a Mexican San Andreas wrapper. Um, it's got. Honduran binder and fillers from Honduras, Nicaragua, and the Dominican Republic. Um, this is supposed to be touted as, um, you know, Oscar's strongest cigar to date, um, which the other ones have been pretty much, uh, I would say, maybe, you know, medium. Um, this one here, I'm going to say, is. A nice medium, maybe medium plus. I mean, there is a little touch of spice that comes from uh, the San Andreas wrapper that you get, but it's real subtle. Yeah, um, and the it's the script. You know, it says Dominican and Nicaraguan, but it, nothing in there says whether or not there's any, you know, uh, ah shit, uh, Lajero. Yeah, which is usually that's what gives it something its strength. So don't know if there's any Lajero content or not, but. Saying it's Oscar's strongest cigar is not saying it's a super strong cigar. Cause yeah, I mean, I would almost <laughs> compare it to, um, you know, some of the Kristoff cigars. You know, that the, they're touted, you know, super big, super bold, but, you know, um, they're usually a little bit more mild than some of the other, you know, super bold cigars like the Rocky Patel, Super Lajero, or, you know, the Punch Diablo. Um this here, one of the the surprising things to me is the draw and how smooth and aromatic the draw is. Like, I mean, yeah, real you know, smooth draw and you know, pretty well constructed too. I mean, it's you know, so far the 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 ash is very uniform and, and holding together, and you know, very even burn. It hasn't uh, nothing has you know jumped ahead of itself yet. Yeah, I mean, um, to me, I get a little bit of uh, white pepper, a touch of um, earthy woodiness, and then, um, you know, it's 
it's shaping up to be a really good cigar. Um, you know, so I wouldn't let the if you're a medium to medium plus cigar smoker, don't let you know the marketing of this is the strongest you know cigar by Oscar turn you away. Um, you know, it, it's yeah, because compared to other stronger cigars, this yeah, like I said, a good medium smooth cigar. It's kind of like you know when you eat a shitload of you know habaneros on the regular, and then someone says, "Oh, this ha- new jalapeno thing is super spicy." It may be to them, but to us, it's like, nah, this isn't, <laughs> isn't yeah, spicy at and all. I mean, <laughs> you know, to each their own. And I mean, you know, this is the first and only cigar that I've, you know, smoked from this particular box. So, you know, who knows? You know, there, there might be one that I, I smoke the next one and I'm like, ah, okay, that, that's where the strength comes from. Um, you know, so. I might need a little age on it because, I mean, these are, this is the new, new. I mean, they're just shipping to retailers this month so you know if you can't find them yet you know keep your eye out because you know they're rolling out as we speak you know because this this is that good time of the year like just post ipcpr where all the the brand new shit starts showing up and you get a whole lot of like, this is basically what gets us through you know at, at least the, the next <laughs> six months of cigar talk and reviews yeah, so it's all new stuff and then by december it's like all right now we're smoking something that's couple years old but it's not something we've had yet we're just like hey we haven't tried that one <laughs> god you know what it's going to be this year right one it's going to be the freaking pumpkin spice oh, i still haven't been able to convince myself to smoke one of those <laughs> so i don't know we'll have to see what the uh the christmas holidays um you know come about because we know tatawahe will get us through um halloween yeah when the when the next monsters come out so uh you know, speaking of uh, pimp capes and uh, pumpkins, what are we talking about this week, Brad? I don't think I can segue based off of that. What are um, talking about? <laughs> Spider-Man, so far from home, but, you know, freaking Mysterio with his, like, sweet purple and green outfit. I mean... Spoilers! And his, like, pumpkin helmet, you know, fish fishbowl helmet. I thought it was Aquaman. <laughs> That's that's what that's what I was thinking. I was like, dude's got a fish bowl. He's got to have some fish swimming around. It must be Aquaman. <laughs> kind of like those seventy pimp shoes that had the uh, the goldfish in the in the heel. <laughs> that was really a thing. I, I, you know, I'm I'm more familiar with the seventies music, a little bit of you know uh, the the disco roller skating area, but I wasn't around for the seventies. So you know, um, dude, I was born in seventy nine. So yeah, I, I missed the seventies as well. But I, I watched a lot of those like seventy seventies pimp movies. I mean. Shaft. I mean, I watched that '70s show Superfly. quite a bit. Does that count? <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, that's where you get your education uh, these days. But uh, you know, if you're gonna fight uh, elemental monsters from a alternate reality, you should call in the Strike Force. Strikeforceenergy.com. Use your promo code CigarNerds for twenty percent off your order. And if you're you know on a on a uh, trip across Europe, you know it's can't travel with a whole bunch of cans just the tiny little tin pouches fit in your bag fit in your spider suit because that thing is really tight and i don't know if it has pockets so you need something small to carry with you <laughs> and with that on with the show
Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've we've got our our second installment of the new Spider-Man series. You know, last guess, time uh, Homecoming, and now it's Far From Home. I guess now your your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man has uh, taken on international uh, menaces. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know, full-on Aven- Avenger status now. I would not say that. Because <laughs> I mean, the end, I mean, he's kind of... No, because, no, uh, you know, that I guess that's one of the things that I really love about Tom Holland and this portrayal of Spider-Man is, yeah, I mean, <laughs> dude, I'm just going to go out. I loved, you know, the the animated Spider-Man. I love the klutziness and the, you know, portrayal of I'm a awkward high school kid just learning how to use these new abilities and, you know, looking for guidance and leadership, and I'm screwing things up along the way, and this just fits, you know. Yeah, because, I mean, that Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon was was so bad. And then the whole Nick Fury kind of being his mentor and, like, you know, come help S.H.I.E.L.D. and we'll we'll give you tech and training and whatnot. This was like, I was like, especially when, you know, Nick shows up, it's like, fuck it, this really is the damn... uh, (laughs) Spider-Man, uh, fucking Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. But yeah, Tom Holland has been like the best Spider-Man we've, I think we've had so far. Or the most kind of true to the character of... Yeah, I, I, I feel like... Garfield yes. was cool. He was a cool Spider-Man, but he was a shitty Petey Parker. Yeah. Because he was way too cool to be the nerdy tech kid. <laughs> Where, you know, Tom Holland does it both. He's he's kind of badass and... and quippy as spider-man but then he's like fucking awkward teenager when he's not in the suit oh and, and i mean even when he's in the suit like i mean i you know the, i guess that's been a lot of folks or not a lot but you know i've seen some complaints that you know without tony's tech you know it's just a kid in a suit with no real ability to do anything on his own and um you know i i, I felt like this go round. You know, we got to see him improvise. Yes, he still is, you know, heavily reliant on, you know, the tech. But at the same time, like, you know, he's he's learning about, you know, Peter Tingle. <laughs> yeah. And I guess that's another thing that I loved is, you know, this brought a great balance of, you know, really strong action with a lot of comedy and, you know, even some, you know, heartening... Yeah, just to, you know, figure out that, hey, from from the comics and things, things never quite end well for Spider-Man. Which I can understand why Tommy McGuire is so emo at that point, because it just never goes well. Yeah, and before we get into, like, actual details, this is definitely a good, because uh, they've said this is not the beginning of the next phase, but the last of the previous phase. And it was kind of a good palate cleanser after Avengers, because... Infinity War and Endgame both, you know, had a lot. I mean, they had some good comedy scenes, but dealing with, you know, a lot of seriousness and a lot of our heroes that we've gone through, what, 20 movies or something like, you know, 10, 11 years, but shit, are no longer with us, you know, or were killed off or retired. And, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, a lighthearted, but with some, you know, serious elements story, just kind of like, 
you know, ah, you know, all right, we can we can breathe again and and kind of start to. <laughs> well, I mean, rebuild. that was you know that was kind of the thing was you know coming down from, you know the the monstrosity of a film that Avengers Endgame is, and you know, here it is. You know, Captain Marvel, you know, saw a little bit of success, um, but, you know, nothing to the, the, the scope of, you know, the Captain Americas or the additional, you know, one-off films. So, it, I was kind of wondering, how is, you know, the future going to stack up to, you know, this 11 years in yeah. the creating and wrapping up? Like, Yeah, because we're going to have to start, like, a whole new saga and and i think this our key pl- our you know big three of cap iron man and black widow are are no longer with us you know and who's going to step up to be the new main guy and it's you know i mean it's kind of looking like they're grooming spider-man to <laughs> to kind of step up but do you you know i mean in in the shoes of all things shield and the ego and the huge character that Nick Fury is, do you really think that, you know, Spider-Man will be able to get the foresight of, you know, some of these S.H.I.E.L.D. characters that, you know, yeah. we would have no Avengers w- without, you know, the intervention of S.H.I.E.L.D.? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's still very much a kid, but he's... If you go back to uh, Homecoming, Homecoming was very much about him. Because, I mean, he's kind of got thrown into Captain America's Civil War. Yeah, he got taken from a a street a kid on the streets with like a homemade costume to now he's got Stark tech in a in a cool suit. And then him having to deal with how do I be a hero? You know, and he's you know very much was trying to live up to Tony's level and then is getting himself in trouble cuz he's like, you know, trying to run before he he walked and homecoming was very much about him learning how to be a hero where this movie i think was more about how learn him learning how to be a man and how to like you know be a hero on his own you know with no kind of not supervision but you know there's nobody to pull his ass out of the fire he's he needs to learn how to you know come up with his own plans and and you know defeat the bad guys on his own terms without, you know, having to rely on, you know, Tony or the Avengers. And, you know, he's really learning how to be, you know, a fucking man and, and, you know, balance that, you know, life hero (laughs) response, you know, the, with great power comes great responsibility. He's kind of finally learning that portion of the job. Well, I, I I don't know. For me, Spider-Man's always been the interesting character because yes, you have the other Avengers and I kind of feel like oftentimes they are the, you know, the Air Force equivalent. Spider-Man is basically infantry because he <laughs> is everything that's happening at street level, whereas so many of, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. and everything else is focused on the global. Yeah, so global. I always love his perspective because, I mean, he is the ground game. Yeah, and, you know, and that after getting thrown into the big plot of, Civil War, you know, that was his kind of mistake in in, in Homecoming. Was like, I want to be you know, on an Avengers level. When he's like, Nah, dude, you need to do, do your time as like a beat cop, pretty much. I mean, he's like the kind of like you know the complaint of like you know the Marvel Netflix uh, stuff that was like, 
you know, where are these guys in the bigger movies? I'm like, no, these are street level heroes. They're responsible for, you know, their patrol zone. <laughs> They're not on global level yet. And, you know, and Spider-Man kind of had to learn to like take care of his backyard before he worries about the world. And now he's like, Oh no, kid, you got the experience. Now you got to step up and worry about the world. And, and it's like him trying to deal with that new responsibility. Well, I'll be like, man, I, I just want to get the girl. <laughs> yeah. And there's very much a lot of parallels, I think, between this and... Because, like I said, they kind of grooming him to to be the next Iron Man, you know, metaphorically. But reminds me a lot of Iron Man 3 after the events of the first Avengers where Tony's kind of struggling with that. There's fucking aliens and there's, you know, world-ending shit and I'm just a dude in a suit. And that little... That kind of like post-traumatic stress he had of after of the first Avengers movie where he was like getting panics attacks and shit. When people are asking him about, you know, the battle of New York, and it's the same thing. This movie starts off with Peter doing a, uh, a appearance as Spider-Man for a, a charity event run by his, uh, his aunt. And then people ask him, you know, trying to do an interview. People are like, are you going to be the next Iron Man? You're going to be the next. And he literally has a fucking panic attack. And he's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here <laughs> and go breathe a little bit. So he's like, but I mean, I, I, I do love and, and, you know, in true Marvel fashion, there's so many awesome, you know, little Easter eggs and nods. So, you know, when Happy brings out the donation check, it's actually signed by Pepper Potts. And then, you know, um, if you look, like, there's several other, you know, subtle references to um, to different things in the Spider-Verse. And um, I, I don't know. It's one of those films where it's like I've missed so much just trying to, you know, focus on the the story and the main thing at hand it's like i want to see all the little hidden things you know strewn about yeah you about have to watch some kind of youtube compilation of or like these movies are so big you have to watch them a couple times just to just to get everything that or just be a a serious like you know like one of the the battles like you know somebody's like yeah the reference you know uh 464 it was from Spider-Man issue four when he fought the Sandman that came out in 1964. And it's like, what? <laughs> like, like people that can get on that level of comic books, like I, I just have such a kind of a respect for, you know, because it's like, I don't remember what I read last week a lot of times. Yeah, and, you know, <laughs> it, it, here you are, you know, just able to quote episodes and dates and everything. I'm like, I, I salute you. Yeah, and so far, I mean, this is still in theaters, uh, directed by John Watts. You know, as of now, it's made uh, $847 million, so you know, it's it's on track to hit that billion-dollar mark. So, I mean, it's it's still going going well, because I've seen a lot of people, like, worrying about a kind of like, a, is, is people burned out on Marvel movies now? But box office is saying <laughs> otherwise we're like yeah give us more <laughs> we'll, we'll keep we'll keep uh doing this but then there's the like i said this one kind of being the the wrap-up of what happened after avengers because we never got to see kind of the aftermath of everyone coming back to life and this you know and they kind of recapped it all with like the the student uh news program but i do like kind of kind of brings up a an interesting point when they're like you know, five years because you know, Hulk brought everybody back exactly like they disappeared, but today instead of five years ago when they all disappeared, 
and everybody reappeared exactly where they they were at the time. So people are popping up in apartments that are now owned by different people. And the the scene where they're in the middle of a basketball game and the freaking student band appears that had disappeared and everybody starts running into each other. It's like, what about the motherfucker that disappeared from airplanes? Like you saw that helicopter crash at the end yeah. of uh, Infinity War. Uh, and does that dude just appear in the middle of the sky where he disappeared from? Does it was it like started raining bodies? Like they they never covered that because that just brings up a interesting plot hole. What about well, all the people? I that, mean, you know, we didn't get any drowning pool. Let the bodies hit the floor, or <laughs> you know, any prints at training men or anything. You but, get like you know, mean, an airplane of people that like it just appear in the middle of the sky. We're back. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that might be a. <laughs> Little plot hole there, and, Marvel, and, and that's the whole reason we chose uh, this cigar called Superfly. <laughs> yeah, forget there better be some heroes catching some motherfuckers because yeah, it's uh, somewhere in the Marvel universe. It was it was raining men <laughs> and women and other. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I I guess that was kind of the cool thing too, you know, because all throughout Infinity War or not Infinity, but Avengers, you know, it's just referred to as the snap, and you know, here, you know, people have kind of put their modern, you know, take on, okay, well, once people started reappearing, we're just going to call it a blip. Yeah, everybody you know? just blipped and, back in. And, and how much has it got to suck for those, like, the like so that's like the aftermath, you know, Peter had to go back to high school. He's technically like 25 now. But. Well, that's what they were all complaining <laughs> about is like, you know, yeah, you, you come back five years older and they're all making us restart school, you know? <laughs> yeah. How unfair is that? <laughs> <laughs> like the one guy trying to drink and they just like cock blocked him. Like, by the way, he's he was blipped. He's actually like 17. Like, no, he <laughs> takes his alcohol away. I mean, dude, it's Europe. What's their drinking age anyway? Like 12? Oh, it's like, the, you know, buddy, I went to Mexico. They're like, you know, Warren was like, the drinking age in Mexico is 18, 18 inches. Everyone drinks. <laughs> if you can, if you can reach the bar, you can order a drink. Yeah. <laughs> uh. As long as you can see over the bar top to, you know, choose your poison, I guess it's fair game, huh? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, everything's kind of all been leading up to uh, Thanos. And now that there's no Thanos, we're like, oh, what's the, you know, the new bad guy? And we think we're getting, because they, they introduced the concept of a multiverse and an endgame. So we're like, oh, we've got these elemental bad guys that are, that are here from a, a you know, Another Earth. I forgot what Earth they said it said it was, but you know, it's like eight hundred and sixty-two. Yeah, but it make it you know, makes sense. I'm like, all right, cool. Well, now we got like a multiverse threat, but then, yeah, spoiler alert: it all turns out to be bullshit. <laughs> so, are we gonna get like you know a multiverse bad guy for the for the next big bad, or was this all just a an excellent cock tease? Uh, which you know, setting. With the events of Endgame, you kind of believe, and especially they introduce uh, uh, Quentin Beck, aka Mysterio, as like the new hero. Which anyone who's familiar with Mysterio from the comics, he's always been a Spider-Man villain. But saying he's from a different Earth also sold the fact that this guy could be a good guy. You know, it's this is not the Mysterio of this Earth. This well, is Mysterio. And, and, so and, and the fact it, that it, every it gave time plausibility he... to all that shit. So well, you weren't just expecting the the fuckery from the beginning and every time he re called him back he's like no that's not my my name you know so he's like i don't know how you know me or you know who you think i am but that's that's not who i am at all so 
that was the other great thing about this film is just when you think you've got it all figured out, there's, you know, a good misdirection. M. Night Shyamalan probably could take some <laughs> notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, you know, the international locales of this of this movie, too. You know, it's like a weird Spider-Man road trip movie. <laughs> well, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I kind of love it because, you know, once, you know, it's like... Nick Fury's like, oh, you're you're gonna ghost me? All right, well, you know, tell me what is your concern? Okay, so you got this class trip and this other stuff's going on, and hey, you know what? Yeah, you're right. You you go missing, people are gonna ask questions. So I've got it. You go do what you need to with your little school group, and I'll handle things, you know, the Nick Fury way. And it's like, hey guys, we got upgraded seats. We're going to London. We're going to all these other places. <laughs> He's and like, fuck, <laughs> Nick Fury just stole our. Uh, <laughs> and it, like I said, very much, you know, reminiscent of there. I mean, there's so many parallels and callbacks in this movie to the origins of the MCU and like the first Iron Man movie, which we'll uh, get into. But the thing, but the first appearance of Nick Fury in this movie. Where you know, Spider Man walks in brushing his teeth, and friggin' Nick catches a, a sedation dart to the neck. <laughs> it's like very much like you know Tony walking in at the end of the first Iron Man movie, and uh, Jarvis is you know glitching out, and there's uh, you know friggin' Nick Fury uh, going uh, yeah, welcome to a larger world, <laughs> and you know and there's so much like you know telling Peter to be a a friendly neighborhood Spider Man, and then. Not only pulling him out of his element, throwing him into like you know international waters, and <laughs> yeah, he's like you're as far from New York as you can get, kid. You know, welcome to the big leagues. But the uh, when he brings him in to meet with his crew, and he's like Maria Hills there, and all these other people, and he meets uh, uh, Beck. Uh, well, I mean, he met him kind of on the street, you know, fighting the fir- the water elemental, and you know, he tries like he's like what really am I the am I the best option for this job like what about the event you know what about Thor he's like ah, he's off the planet what about Doctor Strange You're like ah, he's he's uh, not available you know he's like you know, going through all the he's like I'm kind of a friendly neighborhood Spider-Man I mean do you have any like you know friendly neighborhood problems you need handling he's like bitch please you've been to space <laughs> and then that's <laughs> it's like it's like kid you just went through some serious shit you fought Thanos with the Avengers you like you're in the big leagues now. You need to like step up. You can't go back to being like, you know, the average, like I said, neighborhood street level Spider-Man. Like you've been, you've played on the, in the big game with the big boys. You're in the pro league. Now you need to step up and, you know, act that way. You might be in the pros, but you're still third string. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, you know, I, I guess that was one of the things that I love too, you know, about this is, you know, the, uh, you know, Hey, we're we're high schoolers. We're getting ready to graduate. Like they start getting treated more like adults. The the humor, the language starts gravitating more away from, yeah, you know the younger versions of Spider Man. And you know here, you know, it's like I don't know. It's it kind of funny. There was a uh, a kid probably no more than like seven or eight, and like every time somebody would cuss or something, he would just die laughing. You know, it's like. <laughs> It's like, hmm, wonder if his parents were aware. Because you, know, <laughs> you could just kind of see the mom, like, you know, she pretty much stayed on her phone all the entire time. So she's just like probably one of those, you know, kind of typical, uh, hey, it's uh, it, it's a superhero movie. It's got to be for kids, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, 
I mean, hell, I'm 40, and I laughed every time he said Peter Tingle. <laughs> I think that was intended. Because there were, there were quite a few good little one-liner zingers throughout that I was just like, that's awesome. And I do like when he, because he's, you know, you know, Aunt May that from the end of, you know, Homecoming, she was like, you know, what the fuck, you're Spider-Man. But now she's like, you know, all all on board with it. And she's like, you better pack your Spidey suit. And he's like looking at the the nanotech Iron Spider suit that he got in Endgame and his like original suit hanging in the closet. And he's like, nah, I'm going on vacation. I've just been through some serious shit. I just want to relax. I'm no superhero and I'm leaving all this shit behind. And then he gets to the airport and, and going <laughs> through dog. customs. And like opens up his suitcase and there's the Spidey suit with a note like you almost forgot this and the freaking uh, you know customs lady's like looking at it and like looking at him and he's like uh, she's like you can't have this banana she's like I'm, I'm not even I don't know what the fuck's up with your weird suit kid because that's that's a thing I don't like, know. <laughs> you know when you go through security and stuff like that people think that oh the dogs are just there to sniff you know for drugs or whatever but no they're there for fruits so they've got some <laughs> that are trained to detect you know certain species of wildlife and you know that <laughs> yeah. kind of thing so it's like you could be pulled for a number of reasons and she's like i don't care about this just no bananas <laughs> oh you're going to a cosplay convention <laughs> yeah exactly oh you're on your way to dragon con okay <laughs> that'd be the best cover for you know superhero travel it's like oh no i'm on my way to san diego this is my uh my cosplay <laughs> but and then when he gets after you know, they jack the trip and, and, uh, you know, redirect him to, uh, <laughs> to the next, uh, spot, uh, Fury. You know, he was like, you know, his other excuse was like, dude, I can't be seen in Europe. You know, I just saved the, my class in DC. If I show up again, they're going to know I'm, I'm Spider-Man. So he gives him the, the black stealth Spidey suit, which is like another kind of, you know, from that cartoon when he did like the stealth shit and his suit would go all black. You know, the, the Nick Fury stealth Spidey suit was kind of kind of cool. Or a.k.a. the Night Monkey. <laughs> Night Monkey. Yeah, Nate yes, should not was... uh, not name superheroes. They're like, is that Spider-Man? Oh, no, no, that's like the European ripoff. You know, kind of like, you know, you know, you know, fake Nike shoes or something. Oh, well, who is he? Uh, the Internet said he was uh, the Night Monkey. <laughs> and then it like, it just freaking like... Like catches on, so you see like the news reports, and they're like, yeah, you know, talking in some foreign language, and it's like, blah 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 blah, night monkey and Mysterio. <laughs> it's like, well, I think it's going to be awesome because I I can foresee that you know as we start getting more Batman films, somebody is going to call Batman the night monkey. <laughs> oh, I just spanked the night monkey. <laughs> uh, no, because it's Peter Tingle. <laughs> Uh, and of course, uh, when Nick shows up, he also brings him a, a, uh, inheritance, if you will, from Tony, some of his cool ass sunglasses that you've seen him wear in, <laughs> in the movies. And it's, it turns out it's a, yet another AI that this one has access to all the stark surveillance satellites and pretty much all of his protocols and, and even in the note, you know, for the, you know, you know, I trust you with this for the next Iron Man or something like that. You know, that. When he puts it on, it's like, hi, I'm uh, Edith. It stands for even in death, I'm the hero, which is exactly a freaking thing Tony would say. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, he did love his acronyms. <laughs> 
And then he almost nukes his, like, you know, <laughs> his class. Well, I mean, that was the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, that guy was too likable. He wasn't the bully, you know, <laughs> that, you know, th- that you get in either the comic book portrayals yeah. or, you Even know. Even, like, this version's of Flash Thompson, it's kind of like the rich kid, like, you know, he's like another tech kid, but he's like, you know, kind of an asshole rich kid, but he's not like the... The jock bully, because like I said, they go to a a uh, smart kids school, so there's not a whole lot of jock bullies there. There's just bigger nerd bullies. <laughs> but when he punches him in the face when he's like trying to get the the glasses back, they're like, "Did you just punch out Flash?" He's like, "No, no, I didn't." <laughs> but that yeah, whole, like, that, that that that. But I mean, that's that's what's so great about it is you know, hey, delete this video. <laughs> and uh are the picture and it's like <laughs> so calling the drones yeah calling the drones <laughs> it's like, is, is he a target yeah yeah, he's the target okay you know kill mode <laughs> he's like no no <laughs> and he does that whole like jump out of the roof of the you know hey everybody look at that and then jumps out of the roof and like takes the thing down and pops back in and <laughs> hair's all like a mess from the wind and they're like well, we notice your new look you're trying you're trying a new look there huh he's like it's working, dude. <laughs> it's just like, They're all just so oblivious. oblivious, yes. But then again, this generation of, you know, nosing your phone all the time, it's like totally believable, but no one would notice the attempted drone attack. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I don't know, you know, once again, although that, that does have to kind of be awkward, you know, be like, okay, uh, I know you just got here, but I'm going to need you to take off all your clothes. <laughs> yeah. He walks in on him, like, getting naked with the, the you know, blonde dominatrix lady nearly. <laughs> he's like, it's not what it looks like. And he's like, bro, if you want to have sex with some random chick on our trip, that's that's your business. But, yeah, I'm going to tell MJ because I'm trying to get that. <laughs> Never ends well. And our two uh, freaking teacher chaperones for this trip are hilarious. I mean, they got two great comedians to play. <laughs> play the idiot uh <laughs> teachers especially like uh, the the one guy that like does not want to be there and he's just like i'm gonna take an ambient and uh sleep <laughs> yeah, you're on your own home and when they get to like the shittiest hotel in, in vienna and it's like well when in rome uh do as the romans when in venice you get your socks wet and everybody find their room <laughs> it isn't like so much of uh like just above ground sewage. <laughs> that was my concern. Yeah, that, I've heard like a lot of the places where it's like, oh yeah, you know, toward the, you know, I, and it's like you get there and it's like, man, it smells like poop because everything's just above ground, you know, sewage. <laughs> like, it's not yeah. at all what the pictures depict. Yeah, uh, JB Smooth and Martin Star uh, played those two <laughs> two teachers. <laughs> I still think it would have been great if they could, uh, you know, have the the professor from Stranger Things. <laughs> like, yeah, that one guy kind of looks like him, though. <laughs> yes, they, there there is a uh, subtle resemblance. But yeah, I've seen like travel shows on Vienna where like that big uh, where that big cathedral was and that big courtyard, like literally have like kind of elevated walkways because when it rains, like the the drainage system just backs up and that whole area just floods. So <laughs> anytime it rains, it's like They've got like elevated um, sidewalks and shit because it'll all just. <laughs> I mean the the town's on water, so like, yeah, it, it rains, it <laughs> everything starts flooding. 
Yeah, science. <laughs> uh, but and then, you know, of course, we like I said, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is Quentin Beck, a.k.a. Mysterio, which I do like that. And it's in all the trailers where Flash is like, you know, that guy's cool and all, but he's no Spider-Man. And they're like, what's up with you and like your love of Spider-Man? She's like, well, you know, he watches out for the neighborhood. He's a good dude. I really respect him. And then he sees, he's like, he's like, Hey, Dick Weed or whatever. <laughs> like fucking, it's like, and, you know, Parker's standing there like, Hey, he actually likes me. And then he like makes fun of him. He's like, Oh yeah, it's still flash. <laughs> but I mean, that was, you know, that's, that's kind of cool thing though. You know, where it's <laughs> yeah. like, if only you knew the man behind the suit. Oh boy. And when he fights that first water elemental and he's like trying to improvise a, a suit like in the middle of the fight and he's got like the freaking weird like Mardi Gras looking mask on. <laughs> it's like, bro, you should have should have brought your suit. <laughs> kind of look ridiculous. The only thing I needed was some beads. Yeah. And I'm Mardi Gras man. <laughs> Let me help you. <laughs> That's a superhero that I didn't know we need, but I feel like we need <laughs> Mardi Gras man. Yes. <laughs> he throws magical beads at people and makes them take their clothes off. I mean, it's hard to rob a bank when you're butt naked. Hmm. New idea for Dragon Con. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Mardi Gras man. <laughs> oh, your top's already off. Great. <laughs> that didn't work at all. <laughs> oh, dear. But yeah, and then of course, like after their second battle with the fire elemental, you know, Peter's like, oh yeah, like the note wasn't trying to get me to be Iron Man. He says like, you know, this is for the next Iron Man and he knows I always do the right thing and he couldn't let Fury decide because Fury would just keep it for himself. That's what I was supposed to do was find the next Iron Man. You you seem like a good, and even when he puts the glasses on, he's got that fucking like weird goatee. He kind of slightly resembles Stark. So he's like, here you go, dude. Go be Iron Man. I'm gonna go back to my my neighborhood and, and go get the girl. And then dun 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 the big reveal. Mysterio's a, a villain. Which I do like. I mean in the comic books he always kind of his suit had projectors and he also used like chemical hallucinogens to create these elaborate, you know, uh hallucinations and stuff for his crimes. I like how they kind of modernize that where he's like an IT guy and it's all like, you know, virtual projections running off of Stark drones. <laughs> it's all like everything's being a projection. He's basically just wearing a freaking mocap suit. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean the the misdirection and the leading and the earning of the trust and everything. I mean it it sold everything, you know, 100%. I mean I you know to sit there and earn the trust and, you know, everything else of them and, you know, just, I don't know. It was a master manipulation. Yeah, and then when everything starts fading away and you, and they start having their little celebration, all the throwbacks to the previous ones where he's like, you know, I was, at, you know, because he's actually not from a multiverse. The whole multiverse thing was bullshit. All the monsters they've been fighting was actually, you know, weaponized drones projecting, you know, realistic simulations and you know he was the guy who designed tony's uh ai therapy or uh whatever vr therapy thing that he showed off in the start of civil war and he's like he named it barf or whatever you know yeah tony's like uh he's like, acronym barf you know yeah he's like i'm you know, he made my life's work into a joke 
And then the other guy who was running all the the drone tech and stuff was the scientist from Iron Man One that that uh, uh, what's his name uh, the first bad guy. Um, oh, fuck, what the hell was uh, Bridges' name? Or but anyway, that was the guy that was like, you know, I can't figure out how to make the arc reactor small. Like, and he's like. Tony Stark did this in a cave, you know, and he's like, well, I'm not Tony Stark. I mean, it was like that guy. And like, you know, all the little bad guys were different people that Stark had pissed off through the years. They're like former, you know, Stark employees that decided to, you know, the boss is gone. Let's use this tech for personal gain. And, you know, homeboy, you know, and in the comics, Mysterio was also like a failed actor in VR and like a special effects guy. So, I mean, and he's, kind of writing all this, you know, designing all this stuff as if like, you know, to, you know, he wants to be the next hero and he's creating his own villains. And it uh, you know, was very theatrical, kind of like a throwback to the origins of the character being an actor. Cause I mean, well, even, yeah, I mean, I love like, you know, later on in the film, you know, when they're actually trying to depict the hologram, it's like, hold on, pause, you know, let's switch the angle this way, uh, increase damage, do yeah. this, like, you and they're know, rehearsing so, I mean, it in an abandoned theater, too. <laughs> you know, basically, you know, treating it as, hey, I'm directing this image, and, you know, everything's just got to be spot on. Yeah. And then the first, uh, you know, when, you know, their MJ, like, you know, bust Spider-Man. He's like, you're Spider-Man. I found this thing, and the Night Monkey uses the same webs. And, like, and then they find out that it's all a projection, and he's like, oh, fuck, I just given the keys to the castle to... To you know, fucking Mysterio. I gotta like go tell Nick. <laughs> and the first time when he, because like when Nick picks him up, and it's like I'm like, that's not that's not Fury. It's got to be Mysterio. And then when the the drones show up and supposedly kill Nick and then attack him, that's like the first time it looked like an actual like Mysterio attack where he's like in these like elaborate hallucination projections and shit where it's like graveyards and zombie getting attacked by zombie iron man and like shit went dark real quick (laughs) i was like this is cool as shit (laughs) yeah i mean this this had some really phenomenal visual effects and i mean like i I don't know i mean you know like when it first opens and you see fury and hill on there you know fighting you know the the sand you know creature and it's like oh shit you know yeah you know, that and then, you know, later on when they're actually in London and the projection, you know, they're fighting the, uh, you know, freaking fire monster that absorbs, you know, basically anything metal. And um, I don't uh, Dude, shit was intense. Like, <laughs> I was like, holy crap. Like, this is, you know, some large scale shit. Like, yeah. And even like the double, f- the you know, you know, the, the double fake where, and you know, Peter should be able to see through this because, of course, of his Peter Tingle, a.k.a. the Spidey sense. But he's so stressed out about, you know, how do I become the next Iron Man? You know, how do I be a kid that he's, like, not even... Thinking about, hey, yeah. I have these untapped abilities that... Yeah, he's, he's just so, like, overwhelmed that he's, you know, not not in, in the zone. And then Fury walks up and shoots him in the <laughs> in the head, and he's like, oh, it's over with. He's like, you know, who else did you tell about this? And he freaking gives up, like... Mary Jane and everybody. Uh, and then he's kid. like, you idiot. And he's like, no, this was a hologram within a hologram. And, and you know, you just ratted out your buddies and now you're going to get hit by a train. <laughs> Let him waking up on the train all injured and like just passing out and then waking up in some 
foreign country jail that he has no idea where he's was it the, like the netherlands or something <laughs> like he's in the in jail with a bunch of drunk uh like uh soccer hooligans that got uh <laughs> that got drunk on a train and he's just like i ain't got time for this shit and it's like breaks the, the jail cell and walks out and they're all like everyone's so nice there they're like oh, shit shut the door and lock it back <laughs> and the cops are in there like playing with the, the freaking spider-man mask and then he's like goes up to some random dude he's like uh can i use your phone I'm like yeah sure and he's like happy i fucked up i need a ride uh sir where am i and he's like don't go chicken knock or whatever the hell it was he's like you got that okay he's <laughs> <laughs> like hold on can you tell him <laughs> yeah exactly and then they sit in the you know freaking jet just out in the field for like 20 minutes like you know just talking about life and it's like at some point we're gonna have to do something because we've just been hovering here forever because <laughs> yeah. he's like i like that he's he's talking to me he's like he's like I, you know i don't know what to do happy you know i miss him like everywhere i look i see his face and he's like and if anyone gets it it's happy i mean at the end of endgame when he's like with tony's daughter and she's like he's like you hungry she's like i want a cheeseburger and he's like i'll get you all the cheeseburgers you want like that right there like almost made me like you know, fucking cry because I'm like, it's like, this is the guy. He's not a hero, but he's around heroes, and you know, this is like probably the most personal loss to him. And he's almost still taking care of Spider-Man because he's like, he knows that's what Tony would want. And he even tells him, it's like, I don't think Tony would have done what he did if he didn't know you would be here to, you know, carry on the heroism. And he's like, he's like, so, you know, you're on your own. Your friends are in trouble. What are you gonna do? And he fucking man, he's like. I'm going to get the, get either back and kick his ass. He's like, no, no, I literally mean literally what are you going to do? Cause we've been hovering above this tulip field for 20 minutes. <laughs> He's like, all right, I got a plan, but I need a suit. He's like, I got you kid. And like, there's like a, and you stark, get the sweet uh, gear up montage, like 3d like. printer thing. And he goes back there and it's, he starts, you know, doing the whole virtual reality, you know, building stuff like Tony used to all, you always see Tony doing when he's designing Iron Man suits and happy just has this smile on his face looking at him like, like, it's a young Tony. He's he's back. And then he's like, you handle the suit, kid. I got the music. And then kicks on the freaking ACDC back in black, just like OG Iron Man. And then he's like, I love Led Zeppelin. He's like, oh, you fucking kid. <laughs> it's such a badass moment when the fucking ACDC kicks in. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> like, you little shit. <laughs> you know what happens? Like, a month from now, it's going to be released and be like, yeah, uh, he misquoted the script. Uh, he was supposed to say ACDC. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so much like those, like, hey, guys, I saw this really old movie called Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> oh. And then you get the the epic battle in with, because, uh, you know, Mysterio is like, now that I have access to all the drones, I can do any. No one's going to take me seriously as the next Avenger if I don't fight an Avenger level threat. So I'm going to destroy half of London <laughs> with these uh, Stark drones. And yeah, what's with everybody wanting to destroy half? Like, when is somebody <laughs> going to be like, we're going to take it all out? Like, you know. Well, he's like, trying to fake being the hero. You got to have some survivors. That, hey, I saved these people. Yeah, all these other people died, but I saved these people. So eh, we I'm already just... know aliens and stuff <laughs> exist. You know, I mean, be like, hey, uh, I couldn't save the things on Earth, but I saved the planet. <laughs> Take <laughs> oh. it to an intergalactic level. <laughs> and then you know, 
happy trying to warn Nick. He's like, hey, I was going through a bunch of Tony's old stuff, and I found this surfboard labeled Nick Fury. And people were like, that can't possibly belong to Nick Fury, but you know, you know what I say? You know, expect the unexpected or something like that. Like that. And he's like, fuck. And then, and then you don't know whether or not you got the message, and he's like, you know, when the old thing kicks off, he just looks at Maria, uh, Maria and is like, expect the unexpected. And she's like, freaking goes up on the on the roof with some big-ass gun. And then, and then it's like, you know, his whole plan is like, I'm going to assassinate Nick Fury so there's no one that can bust me. And I'll make sure these kids that know about me die in the, in the attack. And as soon as the drone decloaks right in front of, like, Nick, he's like, you got this? And got you back. And he, like, blows him. He's like, I expect. And later on when he's, like, talking to uh after the aftermath, he's like, I see you got the message. He's like, shit, I was onto that motherfucker from the start. And like, and Maria's like, no, no, he wasn't <laughs> just freaking just calls him out. <laughs> yeah. and, like that's the one person who always like, you know, calls Nick on his shit is Maria. <laughs> like everyone else is like freaking Nick Fury is like the, you know, the most badass mofo. And then Maria Hill's just like, He's full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> She's like the but only I mean, one who's, who's just not impressed by his shit. I don't know. See, there were... and I, I, I guess we got to talk about the post-credits later on, but there oh, were certain... We're getting to the reveal of yeah, that, but... Yeah. There, there, there were certain things that seemed a little bit off from <laughs> Nick Fury, because Nick Fury would not have been misled by that, I don't think. No. Like, you know, but we'll get into that here in a bit, because... <laughs> uh, but the, then kind of, you know, Captain Marvel... Kind of ruined the uh, the mystique of Nick Fury <laughs> when you get to see Nick Fury in the '90s and he gets his eyes scratched out by a cat, and it's just like, come on, Nick! <laughs> it's like you built him up as this mythical figure, and then he's like, he's sometimes he's kind of an idiot. <laughs> the mythical figure has all been like bullshit, smoke and mirrors. <laughs> he's very good at his like PR and building his rep. When it's like, but now that you and know developing that he lost a his team. The, now that you know that he lost his eye to an alien cat, you're just kind of like, really? <laughs> I thought there had been such a cooler story behind that. <laughs> oh. But yeah, the the epic battle of him inside the, the projection and and using his... his the, that's another thing from the oh, the, car, the damn taser webs, too, just uh, and, and kind of nuking the... Uh, the uh, projection and then getting into that that fight with mysterio and he's he finally like you know zones out and he's like all right you know time to let your peter tingle yeah (laughs) (laughs) and starts you know smacking all those machines blind and and even you know idiot accidentally shoots himself with a (laughs) with a drone and but still like you know tries to to shoot peter but he catches him but he's already like mortally wounded and it's kind of like the first time that kind of inadvertently, you know, a bad guy has died while he's been fighting him because he, you know, saved uh, uh, the fucking Vulture in, in Endgame. You know, he's like, or not Endgame, uh, Far From Home. So this is like the first time anyone's died on him. He's, it, he's had to, you know, kill somebody to, to stop him. So, yeah, he's he's had, had to do a lot of growing up this movie. When it's, you know, it's not all fun and games and, and being the hero sometimes yeah, bad shit happens. Sometimes you got to make the call. Sometimes you get the girl. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you get all three. <laughs> not if you're Spider-Man. <laughs> oh. He does not get a happy ending. And I mean, that's that's just you know kind of the the, the downfall. I mean, 
and the, the new suit too once he like the freaking uh parachute comes out and it looks like a freaking spider web and a spider like just like you've seen spider-man make you know freaking parachutes and shit in the comics it's like i was like that's freaking awesome and there's so many kind of shout outs to the comics in 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 this movie oh i don't know i mean it it was great i mean it was i don't know i mean for me like yes endgame was awesome you know but i mean that was 11 year build up and you know to see what was happening post endgame you know everything kind of seemed fresh and yeah, you know it kind of all like, needed to wrap up you know it it I don't know. I mean, in some ways, I want to say I enjoyed this film just as much, or if not more, than what I did in game. You know, because in game, you kind of, you know, hey, this is the wrap up. And, you know, here, it's like this is uncharted territory. Yeah. So we don't know what we're building up to. In so, I mean, every little thing was like, oh, this is new and different. I mean, you know, it was a great, you know, just. Montage to the past and a, you know, setting the president for the future. Yeah, and the uh, first post, uh, <laughs> I do like the whole running gag of, because it was always Tony hitting on Aunt May, but freaking happy, like constantly like flirting with Aunt May. And he's just like, what the hell? And even when he like calls her when he's on the trip and like happy's there bringing her lunch, she's like, he's like, what the hell's going on? Uh, hi, Peter. <laughs> And then when you're about to go into battle, and he's like on the outside of the jet, you know, because he's supposed to like drop him off where he can't. And he's like, "We're gonna really have to talk about you and my Aunt May." And he's like, just hits the hits the jet, and he falls. He's like, "What was that? Didn't hear you." <laughs> and they had that like intervention moment uh, where he's like, "All right, are y'all two dating?" <laughs> and it was so awesome because you know, Happy's just you know. Yeah, totally we are. And Aunt May's like, well, you see, it's it's kind of, you know, just dancing all over the thing. And it's like, wait, wait, so this is just a summer thing? Well, not for me. Well, I mean, I didn't mean it that way, you know? I mean, it was almost as awkward as the relationship <laughs> yes. between Spider-Man and, you know, Mary Jane as it is. So, I mean, it just... Uh... I do like how she covered for him once she found out his secret when when they're all on their way to, to London. And that one guy who's been trying to bust him all the time is like... Are we not even going to talk about you know how weird Peter is that you know he freaking uh, you know supposedly disappeared uh, to stay with relatives in like Germany or whatever and I caught him in the bathroom with some chick and, and she's like yeah why are you taking photos of people in the bathroom huh that's kind of weird and they're like yeah man you shouldn't be taking photos in the bathroom <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it's freaking like totally turned it on him and everyone even the teacher's like bro we got to talk no no more photos in the bathroom he's <laughs> <laughs> like damn. But Did then this he, really just happened. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then he takes off. He's like, I got a date. And he takes her for a swing around New York like you've seen past Spider-Man do with, with the ladies. And it's funny. She's like, I, that was awesome. I'm never doing it again. <laughs> like, scared the shit out of her. It's like, almost, you know, somebody's first ride in the Batmobile, right? It's yeah. It's like, uh, let's not do that again, you know? Can, can we stick to automobiles yeah. or, you know, horse and carriage? Let's yeah, go, go on regular dates because, yeah, I'm not doing – at least they didn't do the uh, – the freaking Tobey Maguire hanging upside down kiss thing. <laughs> oh, but then we get probably our best cameo because you know at the end 
of course, you know, even though Mysterio's dead, he, his his buddies are still alive, and you know, there was one last uh, fuck you where they released a a video supposedly of the final battle and completely framed Spider-Man from for the attack and killing uh, the hero Mysterio, which you know Mysterio has framed him for crimes in in the comic books and shit, but it's revealed by they've turned like, you know, the daily bugle into kind of like a TMZ, like, uh, kind of like web well, it's, news it's site. Almost, it's almost a parody. I think of Infowars. Yeah. Because it has almost that same kind of setup and everything. Yeah. Um, but they brought back J Jonah Jameson and it's the guy from the Toby McGuire, uh, Spider-Man movies, which to me, that guy that is the perfect proper, J Jonah. Yes. I mean, he looked just like him, but they, they still kind of modernized him up and kind of made him look like a, Alex Jones, like shady <laughs> internet news guy, <laughs> but it, but yeah, that whole and he's like, and uh, yo, Spider Man did all this, and he's his real name is Peter Parker, and like from Flash the photo, I and mean, he's like standing on the lightning gun, fuck, he's <laughs> like, yeah, because he was like really the, you know, the way they've set it up in the MCU, unlike the comic books, nobody has a secret identity. Everybody knows who everyone. Is. He's like the only motherfucker who has like a, a normal life and has a secret identity and they just blew that shit all down <laughs> unless he figures out some way to like, Oh no, this was a fake and whatever the next movie. Well, I mean, and I, I'm kind of wondering, you know, if that gets taken as seriously by folks, cause the way, you know, it's been, you know, different theories are is, you know, that's essentially info wars or whatever so you know it's like yeah. well you know they're kind of a a propaganda broadcast and nobody really takes them seriously you know it wasn't like it was on one of the major you know news stations but i mean the fact that it was broadcast right there in madison gardens for yeah. tens of thousands of people <laughs> to see and witness like you know, definitely is going to make some folks, um, you know, probably think. And, I mean, you know, like we've talked about from the comics, I mean, Spider-Man never gets that true happy ending, you know. There's always some sort of shenanigan that takes place that, you know, forces him to remain in the fray. So, yeah. um, you know, and I don't know, the, you know, the look on, you know, Mary Jane's very, face. It was like, almost like very Home Alone, like, oh, shit. <laughs> like... And J.K. Simmons is the guy that uh, playing J. Jonah Jameson again. But I mean, I felt like that was, and that whole like him saying the line too of like, "Finally, we have proof. Spider Man's a menace." <laughs> it's like, yes. yes, like someone's that was, finally calling him a menace. <laughs> that was the you know kind of the the final thing that really brought it together, and it's like, <laughs> "Holy shit, we've got Spider Man!" Like, <laughs> yes. Oh. And then the the second post credit scene where kind of you get the reveal of why uh, maybe Maria Hill's given Nick Fury so much shit, and this Nick Fury was was fooled by Mysterio's bullshit. It wasn't actually Nick Fury; it was the you know Scroll uh, Talos and Soren, you know from you know uh, Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel, who were just kind of filling in for for Fury while he's off on some other kind of space vacation because he's like she's like. You know, when they cuts them in the car and then it reveals that they're scrolls and she's like, you better call him. He's like, I, I, he calls him. And he's like, hey, yeah, we gave the kid the glasses like you want. And she's like, tell him the rest. 
yeah, you might want to get back here because people keep asking me where the Avengers are and there's been some, some shit go on while they, and he's like, and then you see Nick Fury on some beach and he's yeah. like, he's like been on you know vacation, but then it gets up and he's like, no, he's like in some kind of, uh, whatever project, uh, like, uh, what's that shit from Star Trek? The holodeck. And he walks out and he's on some big ass spaceship with like scrolls and other, and he's like, all right, time to get back to work. Where's my shoes? Anybody see my shoes? <laughs> and it's like, the fuck? What the hell's Nick doing? <laughs> I mean, they said it was in space. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, I have no idea how that's going to, you know, play into the next phase. Uh, or, you know, we're going more galactic or, or whatnot. Or, and I don't... Or, you know, your theory you had earlier. Yeah, off, I off mean, I'm, I'm wondering if this isn't our segue and introduction to S.W.O.R.D., you know, because... Uh, you know, we've we've had Shield for a long time now, and you know, I'm sorry for a suit of arms. You got to have you know the the sword <laughs> and the shield. And yeah, and they've not really brought back. They started to bring it back, and they kind of fell apart. And since in the TV show Agents of Shield, they're kind of ignoring the events of Endgame. They're almost treating it like it's a a separate universe. So they've not this whole new season. They've not been really dealing with anything from the Endgame aftermath. So instead of like trying to rebuild Shield in the MCU, maybe it's getting replaced by by Sword, and it kind of also a throwback to the end of uh, uh, Infinity War when you see her and Nick in the car right before everyone starts, you know, getting you know phased out. He's like, you know, call the team, you know, you know, and so it's like it's obvious they're working for some kind of organization, but they never reveals who, you know, but they're talking talking to. You know that she needs to call certain resources and and check on things. So it's like it's not just Nick Fury on his own. He's working for some kind of organization now. So with the reveal of him on some kind of you know spaceship uh, or you know our space base, and yeah, like I said, it very much could be revealed that Sword is the new thing he's built to replace Shield. Because in the comics, you know, Shield was mainly like you know kind of like Homeland Defense, where Sword was. Space defense for Earth. <laughs> yes, dealing with more you know intergalactic threats. So yeah, it's you know f- having in the in the next phase of things something to kind of replace Shield in the MCU. That's going to be a kind of a cool way to you know drop that in. Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see how it all plays out and you know what the future holds because uh, you know I mean Marvel's trained us uh, you know to stay for those post credits, but these two post credits I mean I think have been like watching them. It was like holy shit! This this two minute segment was as good as almost eleven years of shit in the making. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah, without really giving like a you know big reveal of where we're going in the next phase. I mean this movie was and, and, and that's what I I, I guess I love so much is you know going into this like truly not having much clue about you know anything post end game and you know I mean it was fun and rejuvenating from start to finish. I mean it was you know a, a roller coaster of misdirection that you know yeah, you could speculate on certain things, and, you know, folks that were more familiar with comics would probably, you know, be able to read into things a little bit, you know, more than just your average, you know, film goer. But, um, you know, from the, 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 the trailers to 
what the final product ended up being. I mean, like I said, this is a movie I, I wouldn't mind seeing two, three, four times even. Yeah, and I don't even know what the next... What's the, the, the whatever next Marvel movie's coming out? So, you know, which will be the start of the phase four. So maybe we'll get a reveal of what the next saga and buildup's going to be. Uh, you know, in San Diego, Comic Con's, you know, about to happen or you know, is happening. I don't remember which, you know, so we'll probably get some kind of more news on that once, once San Diego happens. So yeah, it's you know, like I said, there's it was a good kind of wrap up and cool post credit stuff without revealing too much of what's to come. Uh, so as we kind of wrap up our our uh, episode here, what's your final thoughts on the the Superfly? Still need to play some pimp music. Um, <laughs> it definitely wants me to um, to spin some webs and uh, fly around uh, the city of coming. I guess. <laughs> doubt i'm taking it all the way to new york but um yeah i'm gonna make some web shooters and uh <laughs> it is super fly um, yeah you know it I, being... I, I will say that um you know this is a good medium smoke um uh for me kind of the um the 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 spice did taper off as i got toward the the middle down to the final third um the draw just you know remained extremely smooth very easy to smoke um the the flavor profiles worked and um you know this was a um a, a very enjoyable smoking experience um you know it's not the strength of the cigars that i typically smoke but you know after already having one cigar today and you know this one now i mean it's a it's a great closer um you know i mean there, there wasn't anything amiss. Um, there wasn't anything that left more to be desired. Um, you know, out of the Oscar cigars that we've smoked, um, this one's, you know, probably my, my top two. I think I prefer the, the Leaf a little bit over this one. But, you know, uh, great cigar. Priced reasonably well. Um, you know, it's not overly expensive or offensive as far as price tags concerned um construction's phenomenal probably one of the you know most even burning cigars that i've smoked in a long time yeah it's it's uh while not being super strong it's it's a good medium great construction it's it's not gone out on me it's the burn i've not had to touch it up the burn's been you know very even you know, a lot of flavor to it. It's it's a good new uh, new cigar from from Oscar. And looking through here, it doesn't look like we have any kind of release dates announced yet. The what they've said so far is we're getting a Black Widow, The Eternals, Doctor Strange two, Black Panther two, Shang Chi, and Guardians of the Galaxy three. But they're still showing you know dates to be announced. So yeah, so far we don't we all we know there's at least. They've said three more years worth of movies planned, but yeah, as far as when we're getting those, we don't don't know anything yet. But it looks like Black Widow may be the next movie, which yeah, she's dead, so <laughs> I'm assuming it's going to be a prequel, kind of like uh, <laughs> R R did she Captain blip Marvel. back <laughs> after things were undone? I mean, they had that whole uh, uh, in memorum uh, of her at the start of the film, so. Yeah, maybe that was just another bit of misdirection. 
or we get like a Cap Marvel where it's you know takes place in the past. <laughs> we finally see uh, Budapest. <laughs> uh, but with that, we'll be right back. Welcome back. It's time for some science. Like some Tony Stark science and shit. Oh boy. Stay Am up. I going to get, you know, some sweet tech out of this? Maybe, because, you know, if you want, like, sweet superhero or superhero level tech, we don't have S.H.I.E.L.D., but we do have a little thing called Area 51. <laughs> and in what's the weirdest thing that I've seen pop up on Facebook recently... Uh, I mean, it's so much so that this, like the article, like it made it to Fox News and like all the big like news has done a story on this. Yeah, but so did Flat Earth. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but but somebody... I did see that Chuck Norris and Keanu Reeves are apparently in. So, I mean, you know, between, you know, Chuck Norris and Keanu Reeves, like everybody else can just cancel you know <laughs> yeah yeah somebody started an event and facebook page called raid area 51 they can't stop us all let's see some aliens so someone has started this event that's going to happen on september 20th at 3 a.m they want everyone to just you know freaking march on area 51 because they're like they can't arrest all of us or shoot all of us. Well, actually, they probably can because it is a secret Air Force base. But it's got probably got lasers and shit. So far, this event has over four hundred thousand people saying that they're going to attend. With another like four or five hundred thousand like interested. So <laughs> potentially, but I mean, have a million okay, men march on Area Fifty One. This sentence here, I have an issue. If we Naruto run, okay. First of all, you're <laughs> referencing an anime. Your plot is doomed from the word go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know they have signs that say "Lethal Force is authorized." <laughs> I thought they had to take those down. Uh, no, it's like so. Yeah, they're you show up at Area Fifty One and, and you know refuse commands to stop. They can shoot your ass, but kind of want to see if this succeeds. <laughs> I'm one of those people that my ass ain't going to Area 51, but if you fuckers go, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch and and see what happens because you know it's one of those things. that's like the supposedly top secret government says doesn't doesn't exist, but you know it's there's 
everyone knows it exists. It's one of those like it's a secret, but we all know it's there. We just don't know what it actually does. It's supposed to be like you know, secretly, all it is is just an airport. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like where they build like you know the stealth fighter and these experimental aircraft that you know haven't been I mean, <laughs> released you know, to uh, to public uh, yet. I mean, you know, realistically, this is a place designed to be protected from potentially international forces. <laughs> yeah, like a bunch of Facebook nerds doing Naratu runs across the desert. Yeah, I think they can handle it. <laughs> or who knows? I mean, maybe this could be like the greatest D&D campaign ever or something, you know, where it just turns into a big LARP. And, you know, all the, the government agencies, instead of, you know, actual rifles and stuff, just, you know, have airsoft guns and they have a big airsoft battle. You know, <laughs> I, I don't know, you know. It's going to be funny is like since this thing's been – you know, around forever, and everyone that or knows the government existed. just like, hey, we got something for you, and they get a big giant inflatable alien and just plant it outside <laughs> <Yes>. the cage. <laughs> like, what's gonna be funny is, say they do this and it succeeds, and they get there and it's completely empty. It's like area everything's been moved to Area Fifty Two long ago. Area Fifty One just still operates, just kind of as a decoy. It, it, yeah, that's strictly like, just a, the, the a super decoy secret thing. shit's been like moved somewhere else, like fucking twenty years ago. So like, and they're just protecting an empty base just to like so people don't hunt for the real shit. Everyone's <laughs> like, yeah, we raided Area. 50. Oh, fuck, it's abandoned. <laughs> There's shit I mean, here. what happened to areas one through fifty? It's kind of like Warehouse Thirteen, Warehouse One through Twelve, like all like you know, freaking got destroyed or whatever. <laughs> Because of the aliens. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but like secretly, this is just a Hollywood film studio where they've done Men in Black and you know other films involving extraterrestrials. <laughs> we get there and it's the they find the movie set where we fake the moon landing. <laughs> oh, it really is made of cheese. <laughs> but yeah, it's like it's gone. Like I said, it's it's blown up so big that. Even legitimate news sources are, are covering the story. But at the same time, it's like, if if this generates nothing else, the memes that have been on Facebook the last couple of weeks are absolutely hilarious. It's just worth it for the <laughs> the, the memes that have, have has come out of it. So applaud you, whoever weirdos that are behind the Let's Raid Area 51 idea. They're the same people behind the flat earth. <laughs> uh it's it's fucking Alex Jones, man. <laughs> Wait, Elon Musk was the group founder? What? <laughs> oh, speaking of weird shit, uh, we've talked before about you know they've been developing AIs to, like I said, you don't want how we're getting Skynet, uh, but they've beat they've built AIs that can beat people at chess, go and. Jeopardy. What is Go? It's like a Chinese, like kind of like weird chess game with white and black dots that you move around. Oh, okay. But uh, but it's the these are all games that both players see the entire board and and kind of can know all the moves. Where poker has kind of been the the test case for outside the box thinking because especially with poker, you know. You have the ability to bluff. Yeah. Like, it definitely becomes and, a game of... And strategies have to change and, and whatnot. Well, this new... They've developed an AI that can actually 
because they've they've had one before that they tested with one on one heads up uh, poker, which can anyone who's played poker when you get heads up, the game can kind of oh yeah, it definitely takes on a change. a different dynamic. But uh, this new uh, robot or AI called uh, Pluribus uh, for the first time has been able to play six person no limit Texas Hold'em and beat, and they're not you know putting it up against like, you know, just average players. They've tested it against, you know, Darren Ellis, who holds the most world poker tour titles and Chris Jesus Ferguson, winner of six world series of poker events and 13 other pros who have won like over a million of dollars uh, from the game. And, you know, they played one on a one-on-one experiment where each pro, each pro played 5,000 hands heads up against the machine. And also, you know, played a six man game against the machine, uh, for 10,000 hands at a time. And the results, you know, the AI won in both, both tournaments, uh, secretly like one of those dots that makes up the arm or something as some kind of x-ray cam. So it can- <laughs> yeah, cheating the whole time. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, for the first time we've got a, you know, an AI that they say has achieved superhuman performance at multiplayer poker, which like I said, it's in, you know, uh, this uh, statement by Talmus Sandholm, a professor of computer science at Carnegie Mellon University and co-developer of Polaris, and you know this. The results have been you know published in the uh, journal Science. So yeah, now we've got. I mean, I think the out- trick is think poker players. I think the trick is is poker is a completely different game via internet versus in person, and us being people. We tend to play people the way that people play. So, you know, I'm kind of reading through this article and it's like, yeah, the robot just uses senseless betting strategies that, you know, no real human would would emphasize. So, you know, I think at this point it's almost like, you know, a slot machine. It's just based on dumb luck. Yeah, and it's... You know, so I would almost, you know... Granted, you would probably need a infinite source of income or wealth or something to just call anything and everything and just be like, yeah, under no sensible thing should I, uh, you know. <laughs> and they said it's, it's you know, has to use, like, has an ability to use mixed strategies, which you know, so the, the AIs have not really been able to do this before, and it's, it's kind of the you know the same thing that yeah you know, humans try to do, uh, and to do this like I said perfectly random way and you know with especially poker where not all the cards are seen and you're also like I said a lot of time the cards don't even matter if you're playing you know but then again bluffing or you know, I, I, sensing I was, what the other player is going to do. I was wondering if could you actually bluff the robot or is it just going to call you a hundred percent of the time? Like does it know hey I'm probably beat I should fold. Yeah, I said it's it's part of it is uh you know uh was it the uh, uh oh, I forgot I just lost it. Uh basically it it uses what they're calling a limited look ahead search algorithm which a- enables it to predict the strategy its opponents are using or will probably use for the next two or three plays. You know, instead of like can't rather it can't predict what they're gonna do for the entire game but it you know it tries to predict at least the next you know two three hands which doing that enough 
time successively, you know, in a 10,000 round <laughs> game is going to put it ahead of its human opponent. So, you know, fucking Skynet. It's already like learning how to outthink us at poker. The next it's war. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I, I'm trying to think in my head how I would play differently with a robot versus it's kind of like, yeah, like you a said, real playing... person. Like I, I almost feel like it would be treated the same way you would play internet poker. Yeah. Almost. Cause you can't really read physical tells, but yeah. then also when you're playing like internet poker, you can't, you still try to have to like kind of, if you, you can't tell physical tales, but you almost have no, to look at rely, betting strategies well, and your and betting strategy, you know, I think, you know, becomes more, you know, based on pot odds and that type of stuff. Yeah. But then again, if I'm thinking about pot odds and, and that type of thing, and this robot isn't, you know, it's automatically got an upper hand because I'm automatically overthinking and giving it additional projections as to how I'm going to play future hands. And, you know, of course, being able to do instantaneous math and come up with odds. You know what I would do? Helpful, too. I would just get one of those, you know, Japanese sex robots and pl- post up beside it or something, create some distractions and some diversions. And <laughs> <laughs> There you go. If you're not cheating, you're not trying hard enough. <laughs> oh, and we also have a new study that kind of explains probably. And, and probably give it lots of oil and stuff, you know, because I doubt robots really like. Get it drunk. You know, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, oh. I've seen uh, uh, Futurama. I mean. <laughs> Give it cigars and whiskey. So a a new study from uh, the Society for the Study of Ingestive Behavior (laughs) has found that exposure to blue light could encourage sugary snack consumption. Uh, So far they've tested this on rats, which kind of explains why, you know, I'm fat. So (laughs) when I'm hungry, I should just enable the blue light filter on my phone, and and that way, you know, I become less... Which, I mean, I think that's part of the problem, right? I mean, you know... Yeah, that's what we're saying, is because it's in this, you know, age of screen, blue light is pretty much unavoidable in your daily life. It radiates from your work desktop, your smartphone, even your energy-saving LED lights produced uh, with this this blue light. But they've found that, uh, you know, and so far in the study that, you know, it kind of leads to, uh, you know, poorer sleep and all this. But, you know, in the experiment, you know, exposing blue light, uh, even for an hour at nighttime, which shit, all of us kind of go to bed playing with our phones right before bed. It uh, has triggered excessive sugary snack consumption in the the test rats. You know, just, I said, just a single hour of blue light exposure. And these rats were also given, you know, options of a... <laughs> healthier, more well, traditional I mean, food or something that's, you know, high in, in, in sugar, a way I could kind of see the, that. Like if I've got my choice of something good or, Hey, you can have this carrot or this lettuce, I'm probably going to opt for the thing that is not lettuce or carrot. Yeah. If you get out of bed in the night to have a snack, it's never something healthy. It's what's quick and convenient. Uh, yeah. It's like a fistful of cookies. It's never, <laughs> it's never like some, some, you know, keto meats and cheeses or something or uh, or a freaking midnight set no it's leftover pizza and and fucking gummy bears or whatever other sugary shit you got laying around the house that you don't don't require preparation <laughs> but in theory yeah then they said even the uh uh 
the yeah, the rats that were exposed to blue light ate drank more sugar than than when not exposed to the blue light and also you know showed a spike in you know blood sugar and you know uh, whatever insulin product you know the whatever insulin resistance you know and exposed to this blue light so you know maybe freaking turn your phones off in <laughs> an hour or two before you go to bed instead of you know doing like well, I, I, do. I almost want to take it a step further too and like the you know electricity that you know devices emit and everything else like i wonder if that doesn't interfere with stuff just as much as the lighting does yeah because i like, i just bought a new tv and the the freaking led on the tv when it's turned off actually there's actually in like an option in the settings to turn off all the leds once the tv is off because that freaking bright ass light that the tv has when it's in sleep mode is like fucking annoying as shit <laughs> you know what i do in those instances a little piece of electric tape because <laughs> uh, when i'm ready to go to sleep i want it to be like pitch black yeah but, but first... it's that getting to sleep part like you said you know oh i need to shut down all the screens and you know sit there alone with myself in my head for a little bit and be like okay i've got everything else turned off how do i turn off the brain yeah cause that's my my thing because my brain's like constantly going and for me to actually go to sleep I have to have like at least like 30 minutes of doing something that doesn't require any thought. It's usually like, you know, scrolling Facebook or looking at dumb YouTube videos until I'm like, all right, my brain is, I guess is mushy enough I can get go to sleep books now. and read. <laughs> the thing is, if I do anything intellectual, like my brain just fucking stirs up and then I can't fucking sleep. So I have to do something. I didn't say it had to be intellectual. <laughs> as mind numbing as possible. You just, you know, get, get the, uh, you know book go the fuck to sleep and just read that to yourself until you fall asleep since you it's gotta have samuel jackson like you know, <laughs> audio version <laughs> go to fuck to sleep motherfucker well that's all i got for you so with that we'll be right back check out what's been going on with the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse the better that these marvel films do the higher the standards are going to be for not just other films in general but other marvel films also i think it's really hard to end a show with this many fans in a satisfying way that's the pop culture cosmo show and the pcc multiverse playing worldwide on radio seven days a week and right here on the eso network and now it's time for all things nerdy in nerd news. And welcome to nerd news. Yeah, news. All right. Um, you a fan of 007? Yeah, we found doing a fun a couple James Bond episodes. I think we still have a few Bonds we haven't covered yet to do in the in the future. <laughs> I think we still have three we've not talked about. Yes. Uh, yeah. There's been a few that. Uh, have we've, yet to make it. We've talked to Craig. Air. We've talked uh, Roger Moore. We've talked uh, uh, Pierce Brosnan. But yeah, there's still three uh, past Bonds we've not <laughs> not covered. Well, it's about to be another. Lashana Lynch is going to be our next 007 in Bond 25, which is kind of interesting because I think Daniel Craig is still part of that Bond yeah, too. From, so I mean, yeah, from the article, he's still James Bond, and whoever the name of this new character is. She's just a new 007. He's, I don't know if he's, because so far there's, they're in production. There's not been a whole lot of information about that movie. But I guess f somehow in the movie he's no longer a d 007. <laughs> However, that's going to work out. And, uh, you know, and Lashana is like, speaking of Marvel, if you're, if you watched, you know, Captain Marvel, she was the, uh, 
the fighter pilot, uh, you know, um, Carol Danvers co-pilot. To so she's got some, some bond like skills then. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's been in the Marvel universe. So, uh, but yeah, that's, I don't know if this, kind of, well, you know, in the day and age of, uh, of every freaking movie being either a, a female or, or other, uh, change to the, the male cast. Is this going to be the, you know, lead up that she's going to be the new James Bond or, <laughs> or what? Cause you know, this is supposedly Daniel Craig's last Bond movie. So the next, you know, Bond will have a, a replacement of, of James Bond. Cause she's not Jaina Bond. She's just 007. So now they're, are they going to do completely away with the character of James Bond and, She's going to be the next uh, 007 for future movies. You know, we, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not know. really sure. I mean, this this basically mentions that, um, you know, Daily Mail's advising the movie would start with Daniel Craig's James Bond retired in Jamaica when M calls him for help. And then there's a pivotal scene in the film where M says, come in 007 and N walks Lashana. I mean, it makes so, sense if, I mean, you if know, he starts off the movie retired that, you know, it's not like baseball. I mean, I, I, I guess at some point everybody deserves a break, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, you, you've been Bond. You've been doing some Bond-like things. I mean, at some point you got to rest. I mean, you know. Although, you know, Bond being Bond, is he like, hmm, <laughs> I'm formerly 007. Maybe I can pick up new 007. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's it's got, yeah, like I said, if they... Yeah, it makes sense if they started him off retired and someone has to fill that that designation. But yeah, I'm like I'm hoping it's not they're gonna do away with the character of James Bond completely in the next movie. It's gonna be uh, the new 007's <laughs> film because that's just weird. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I mean, she was great in uh, in uh, Captain Marvel, so yeah, we'll see how she does as a uh, you know supposedly you're not supposed to call them Bond girls anymore; they're Bond women. <laughs> from what it said in that article. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean if she's uh badass then you know, hell go for it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean I I'm curious, you know, I mean But you can't have a Bond film without you know someone saying Bond, James Bond. It's just not gonna work. <laughs> Maybe she says it under a different context. <laughs> But I'm saying not in this movie. If we have another movie and they do away with him completely, it's still it's not a Bond movie unless someone says Bond, James Bond. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess that would be the equivalent of you can't have a Die Hard without a, an Akatomi Tower, I guess. I mean, you know, is is that a fair statement? I don't know. It's not a Die Hard movie till someone says yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. It's just, <laughs> it's just a thing. It's one of the rules. Do we, do we know that that's a thing? It's a thing. All right, well... Okay. It's well, part of the rules of the universe. All right. Well, another rule of the universe is let's talk about Mortal Kombat because there is no Kombat. knowledge that is not dun, power. Dun, 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 dun. Um, so one of the things that always kind of struck me odd as, uh, from a Mortal Kombat standpoint is the games were always rated mature, right? You know, <laughs> yeah. always sported a lot of blood, a lot of violence, that type of thing. However, when it came to, you know, the live action films, they were toned down and, you know, to receive a PG-13 rating, I guess, to try to 
Yeah, make Broaden a movie the audience. For, yeah. For, yeah, that kids can see that. Hey, I'm glad you like the film, but don't think about playing our video game. Yeah, the game. <laughs> I mean, and that YouTube Mortal Kombat series was it. That one was definitely more uh, adult. So yeah, if they're going to a a hard R for uh, for Mortal Kombat, I didn't say that yet. Oh, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I was alluding to. Is uh, looks like our new Mortal Kombat film, whenever it actually comes to fruition and becomes a real thing, um, is striving for that R rating and will actually include fatalities. Hells yeah. <laughs> I mean, because I'll say, like, with... I haven't played, um, I guess, what is it? Mortal Kombat 11 is yeah. the newest one. I think 10 was the last one I yeah, played. Yeah, the last and, one I played, too. And the and the seems like the bloody fatalities have gotten... Just more and more like over the top ridiculous, which is that's what you expect. Well, I mean that, and like the X-ray vision and all kinds of (laughs) other cool stuff. I mean, I don't know. Then some of the specials were almost as, uh, you know, more gruesome than the fatality. I'm like, (laughs) uh, you just lacerated that dude 17 times, and he pretty much exploded. How is he still alive? And how is that not a fatality? Yeah, like, yeah, shit. Some of the in-game stuff was, yeah. Mid-fight stuff was almost should have been a fatality. Yes, that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. So um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it would be like you, with the YouTube series, and I mean, I, I think it's almost fitting at this point. I yeah. mean, do I don't I don't know. Is Mortal Kombat one of these you know game franchises now where you know? It's mainly a nostalgia factor, or do you think they draw, you know, new folks with each new release? I think it's one of those things. Every release nearly is, has been been a good game. And like I said I'm just haven't had time to even. I'm so behind in my gaming right now. But uh, if any game deserve, I mean, in the age of you know Deadpool and R-rated uh, you know hero movies. If anything deserves an R rating, it's it's a you know and is a Mortal Kombat. And traditionally, movies based on games have have been universally bad. <laughs> but I so mean, if I we're will gonna say go, like, that I haven't watched the Mortal Kombat violent. you know films. I think I remember the you know the first live action. I I felt like was pretty good from a martial arts from standpoint. What I can it, remember yeah. in my head, anyway. It's been years since I saw it, but it it, it had a cheesy cheesiness but it uh i mean the second movie was kind of bad but the first one you know from a martial arts standpoint it it was really cool but uh yeah i mean but if you're going to go bloody and gritty and violent that's more realistic for <laughs> for mortal Kombat. yeah no i agree the the more bloodier the better yeah better what the fuck is that word? <laughs> I don't know. All right. Um, up next is, uh, you know, we we're talking about some cool tech and stuff earlier. And, uh, well, apparently Microsoft is working on a controller to attach to your mobile device. Um, I guess, you know, I, I don't think it's as huge of a thing here in, you know, the United States, but I know in other countries where you're commuting by train and stuff like that, mobile games are a lot more present than, you know, what they are here. You know, I mean, yeah, we get some popular ones occasionally, but usually they're games that 
you know, don't really require much more than swiping or, or something of that nature. Yeah. And they're not like full length. It's, you know, level based. So it's like, okay, I got five minutes to kill. So yeah, here we go. Let me, you know, swipe Candy around. Candy Crush okay. derivative or a, or a Pokemon Go type uh, <laughs> type thing. But I mean, with the Nintendo Switch, it was kind of the first thing where I can plug this into my TV, but then I can also detach it and, and use it as a, a mobile game. If we're going to go the other way where the games for your phone, which, hell, your phone now is almost as powerful as your damn PlayStation, uh, and it bigger, will be- more more immersive, or you know, more, uh, I guess, more in-depth games for your phone, if we go, can go the other way where well, we can I mean, stream like- that to our TV with, on a big... Because I don't see the purpose of having a controller to play a game on my freaking four-inch screen, but if it's something I can attach my phone to my TV but and then play it like a regular video deal, game. Right? So we know that all the Sega games got released on, you know, Google Play and stuff like that. Have you ever tried to play a Sega game with, you know, up, down, left, right on one side of the screen <laughs> and several buttons on the right side and you're sitting here trying to tap the screen? It's like, man, this sucks. True so, enough. you know, <laughs> if I've got a controller I can plug in and be like, okay, Here's something I can actually mash buttons and learn finger positions. Because, dude, like, I am the world's worst person about being able to type on a touch screen yeah. because there yeah. is no placement or no cues for thumbs. The keys are a little bit smaller. So even with a six-inch, you know, phone screen, I got big hands. Yeah, your controls so, are going to take up most yes. of your screen, um, so you can't see what the hell you're doing. So here, if I've got something that is not going to obstruct the display area, you know, um, I I don't know. I mean, I, I, I could see now, you know, if this is something where... It also depends on the size, too, because I'm not going to be able to carry a full-size PlayStation controller in my pocket, but if it's something, say, you know the size of a cell phone or like, you know, kind of the, the original. Dude, Nintendo your cell phone controller. is the size of a controller. Well, not like a <laughs> giant controller. <laughs> We're not talking Xbox or Nintendo 64 controllers. Yeah, right? but if you're like a, you know, original NES type size controller, that's something you could still, you know, throw in your pocket and, and you know, prop up your phone and, and do some gaming. I mean, that might be, might be interesting. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm just, Kind of curious to see where it goes, um, you know. I'm also sad that my beloved franchise, Diablo, is going up Shit's Creek and we got fucking Diablo Immortal. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Diablo 4, please. Diablo 4. <laughs> or you know what? Just go ahead and remaster D2. I would be okay with that, too. Um, all right, moving right along. Um, Flintstones. Meet the Flintstones. Yeah, you know. Um, you know, remember Bedrock and, uh, you know, before we had gas and, you know, we were using fossils instead of fossil fuels. <laughs> uh, riding your brontosaurus to work at yeah. the rock factory or whatever the hell he did. <laughs> I think it was some kind of quarry. But yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, but, yeah, uh, apparently, um, you know, uh how do we really go about this? Um, how do you feel like a more adult comedy version of the Flintstones? Are we talking live action or, or no, animated? It still looks to be very much animated. Um, I mean, in the age of 
Family Guy and and uh, South Park. I mean, cartoons are more made for adults in mainstream uh, these days. So I mean, hell, if it's funny, it's funny. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Like for me, I mean, those live it action depends movies on are how horrible. they <laughs> how they do the the uh, the animation style. Yeah, because that Netflix version of Shiro was like horrible. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, um, Flintstones is gearing up to make another comeback. Um, Warner Brothers Animation and Elizabeth Banks uh, Brownstone Productions will team up to develop a new Flintstones project described as an animated adult comedy series based on an original idea featuring characters from the Flintstones. In my head, this sounds like it's leading up to a bad Flintstones hentai mashup <laughs> thing. I'm, I'm not quite sure about. Um, I mean, there is a Flintstones porno. Uh, Bedrock. <laughs> So I I don't know I mean you know I don't think Seth MacFarlane had that, a whole lot of success when he tried to bring back the Flintstones in 2011. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> um, but that Family Guy animation style would would actually be kind of cool. I mean, hell, Peter Griffin kind of looks like a fatter Fred Flintstone anyway. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I could see that and uh, you know, or even like Lois is not that far off from uh Wilma. Wilma. <laughs> uh Joe is Barney. And I guess uh his wife, I can't remember her name. Yeah, I don't remember either. Is uh <laughs> So I I don't know. I don't know. You know, Stewie can be Bam Bam. <laughs> Megas Pebbles. Yeah. There we go. I mean Simpsons or you know, Simpsons family guy, you know, yeah. <laughs> Somebody's already did it. I, I Simpsons did it. So who knows? I mean, uh I you know this Banks company is apparently working on the Charlie Angels reboot currently. Um was that trailer for that looked interesting. So Yeah, and and the more I see, hey, you know what? I think there's room for some more um uh, you know, Charlie's Angels out there. So we shall see. Yeah, I don't know. So uh yeah, no release date or anything as of yet, but um that's news for you folks. And with that, check us out on CigarNerdPodcast.com. We're on the ESO Network at ESONetwork.com. You can find us anywhere podcasts are found. Also on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. And we're on the Facebook, the Instagram, and the Twitter at CigarNerdPod. If you need some cool smoking shirts, hit RealMenSmokeCigars.com. And if you need some energy drinks, StrikeForceEnergy.com. And with that... Spider-Man's a menace. (laughs) Always listen to your Peter Tingle. And this has been a recording of the Cigar Nerd Podcast. We're your hosts, Smokin' Joe and Brad Jackson. Join us next time for more adventures in nerddom. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping through Amazon.com or the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.